Well, guys, we've made it to the end of 2017. It's appropriate to say Merry Christmas, just as Steve did, but it's also appropriate to say Happy New Year, because this is the last Sunday, the last day of the year. And if you've been with us through this year, you know that we have also been walking through a sermon series on women of the New Testament. And we've made it to the end of that as well. We are talking about the last woman that we're focusing on today. And it is Anna, a story from Luke 2 that has three little verses. But I have more to say than three little verses. And I don't have my watch with me, so we're at the mercy of the Spirit this morning, folks. Um, I do want to just kind of give you a little background as we get started. Um, I hope in this sermon series you've learned some things about women that you may not have heard of. Stories that we don't talk about a whole lot just because they're really small or seem insignificant, but it is often in those stories that we find the, the most meaning and the most significance for us personally. So today, we're going to look at the story of Anna. Um, there's a lot packed in these three little verses about Anna, and we're going to read a little more. I'll give you a little more context and background to make all of this, help make all of this make sense. So if you have your Bible with you, turn to Luke 2. Um, we'll be reading there. I feel like in order to really help us get into the story, that I need to give you a little bit of background first. I'm going to start reading in Luke 2 around verse 25, but let me tell you a little bit of history before we get started. See, when Jewish families had a baby, there were lots of rituals that went along with this. Um, there was a lot of ritual and law surrounding what happens when there's a new birth, especially if the birth is a firstborn child, and especially if it's a firstborn male child. So there were laws regarding um, what happens at certain times. So Mary and Joseph were very devout Jewish family. They followed these laws. So, as you heard mentioned in the video, eight days after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph had him circumcised and officially named Jesus as the name that was revealed to them by the angels. Then we enter into and are told about two other rituals which Luke sort of merges together. There's a purification ritual that needed to happen 40 days after a woman had a child. She went to the, to the temple, she offered a sacrifice, and that was to cleanse her from childbirth. Then there's also a ritual involving the presentation of a firstborn male to the church. It gives echoes of Samuel and Hannah when Samuel was presented to the church, uh, or presented to the temple when Hannah was, gave birth to Samuel. Echoes of that a little bit, but Jesus is presented at the temple uh, at the time, around the time of the purification ritual. So we have these two rituals happening at the same time. And Luke tells us these, and obviously I think wants us to think about these, maybe just to show that Luke's family was, or Jesus' family was, devoted. They were devout. They had Jesus in the temple and followed every required law from the very beginning. They made fate the foundation for their family from the very beginning of their, pair, of their journey as parents. So having that in mind, let's pick up the story now in Luke 2 in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation 
It's a big word that means comfort of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the customs of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother, Jesus, his father and mother, so Mary and Joseph, marveled and were amazed at what was being said about Jesus. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul too, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years, from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple. She was worshiping and fasting and praying night and day. And coming up at this very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him, speaking of Jesus, to speak of Jesus to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Simeon and Anna. Luke pairs them together, and I think we do a little disservice if we tear them apart. So we're going to look at them together a little this morning. To really understand the magnitude of what's happening here, I think we need to hear from both of their experiences. So first we have Simeon, and he is described as righteous and devout that the Holy Spirit was on him and that he was waiting to see the consolation or the comfort of the people of Israel. So Simeon is described as one who really knows the scripture. He's, he knows the word. He's read the prophecies and he is expecting every day to see the Lord Christ before he dies. We aren't told how old he is, we're told in verse 26, though, that it had been revealed to him that he would see Jesus before he would see the Lord Christ before he died. And so he waits. And at some point, Simeon is led by the Spirit to the temple. And at that same time, Jesus is being brought forward by his family for presentation at the temple. And the family is, as I mentioned, fulfilling this Jewish law by presenting Jesus and Simeon Simeon starts referencing the Hebrew scriptures and calls out that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ. Simeon comes forth, picks up Jesus out of Mary and Joseph's arm, and says, this child is the light of the revelation for the Gentiles and the glory of all the people of Israel. Simeon had waited so long and was finally able to see Christ as he was promised. We're told in verse 29 that Simeon said he could die in peace because his eyes had seen the salvation. We're also told that Mary and Joseph marveled 
and were amazed at what was being said about Jesus. I can imagine they were thinking, we're not alone. We, other people know this about our son too. This really is the Messiah. Almost confirmation for them that they were hearing the right spirit of God. And that Simeon reference that Jesus would save and redeem Israel and all the Gentiles. That's the first time we have that mentioned in the gospel here. That Jesus was not just coming for the Israelites and for the, Isra the Jewish people. He was coming for everyone. Simeon also said there'd be pain and agony for, for Mary, Jesus' mother. A piercing of hearts, a foreshadowing for her of things to come. So now enters Anna, right at the same time. A widow that we are told, and she was married for seven years, and then she lived in the temple until she was 84 after her husband died. The text says she lived in the temple. She didn't leave. She stayed there, worshiping, fasting, and praying. And we're also told she's a prophetess, which, like Simeon, means she had studied and poured over the scripture. And she'd been given a special gift to really see what was entailed in a lot of the scripture. She poured over the Old Testament writings, the Hebrew scriptures for them. She knew writings like Isaiah 9 that said that for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. She knew writings like Micah that said that he would bring peace and righteousness, and make wrong things right, that in Bethlehem, puny little Bethlehem, this glory would unfold. She'd read all of those references to Israel being redeemed. She knew these scriptures. She lived in expectation of this to happen. You know, women couldn't even at that point go into the main part of the temple, so Anna stayed in the temple courts with the animals and the marketers, and lived there waiting for God to show up. Fasting, praying, waiting. Just waiting to see. Just expecting God to do something. And so when she did see Jesus, she knew. She recognized immediately. And she began to tell others that who they'd been waiting for, who they'd been reading about, that this was coming to be, that this was here. You know, we have three little verses about Anna, and I don't think it is surprising. I think it's surprising what we're not told, and it's not surprising what we are told. How did she survive living in the temple until she was 84? Who fed her? Who clothed her? Who did those things? We're not told any of that, which is immediately kind of where my mind goes, but we are told this. She stayed in the temple worshiping, she fasted and she prayed continually. Three verses, and this is what we have. Anna spent her life focusing and praying, and when she was face to face with God moving, she was ready to see it. How much of God's glory and goodness and movement do we miss just because we're not paying attention? We're not ready to see it. We're too busy, we're too distracted. We're too worried about other things to notice what God is doing right in front of us. Anna was ready to see. She was expecting and she was waiting. And as I think about these stories 
It's almost like the anticipation of all of Advent is sort of coming into fruition here at the story of the temple. We have all this waiting, all this holding our breath and trusting God's promises that have been around from the time of Abraham. All of this erupts into the story that we see right here. We have waiting and fulfillment kind of coming all right together. Simeon and Anna are devout people, and they know God's word. They've been waiting for the fulfillment of God's promises to bring peace to Israel for years. They find that, and they recognize that in Jesus, even when he's just a baby. And all they can do in response is recognize that, call that out, and praise God. They can declare God's glory. They can tell others that the promise has been fulfilled. They can say God did what God promised he was going to do years ago. He showed up, and Simeon and Anna praise him for it. And I really think we need to linger with the story of Simeon, Simeon and Anna in the temple for a little while and really not miss all the things that they could be telling us. Think about it this way. The big idea of this passage is that in Jesus, we have God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. We have the fulfillment of years and years of prophecy right here. We have the fulfillment that God would send a Messiah to redeem people, to redeem people from their sins, to redeem their broken ways of living, to free them from their slavery to sin. And at the temple this day, Simeon and Anna see that. They see this big picture of what God is doing. They recognize it because they are so tethered to God's word and God's spirit that they're expecting it and they're waiting for God to move. And so when God does move, when God does what God does, they don't miss it. They're ready. They see it, they talk about it, they share it with others. And they recognize and realize that though this is a very old prophecy, an old promise of God that's been around for years, they're witnessing that God's keeping this old promise. At the same time, it's a really new thing. Because the life of Jesus ushers in something new that day and that, at that time. As we follow the life of Christ and we see through his words and his life that the old way of doing things is just not going to work. The old system is broken. Old fears, old depths, they're all replaced by the freedom found in really living and loving like Jesus. Old patterns don't make the cut. Simeon and Anna both recognize that the name this Messiah is is not just coming to save Israel, but to save the Gentiles too. Those people who were considered outsiders. Simeon and Anna understand that God was doing a new thing. He, the, the fullness and the God was fulfilling himself, the person of Jesus. This was what we were putting our faith and trust in. But God was bringing forth himself in a new way. And that new way really involves all of us. Sometimes I think we like to hold on to the old because it's comfortable. <laughs> it's comfortable, it's predictable. We like the old way of doing things because it's familiar and we feel protected. But sometimes it's only when the old falls apart that we see that a new way can be made. 
that we can be transformed in a new way. Only when we're, we realize our old way of doing things just isn't working, that we are open for change, maybe a movement in the direction that God is sending us. Giving up old things or old ways of living or doing life, is, it's hard and it's painful and it's uncertain. But it forces us to dig deeper. It forces us to realize a new way because we can't use this one anymore. The old system just doesn't work. So Jesus brought this way of connection and oneness and relationship with God to fullness. Jesus brought that. He was God with us, and Simeon and Anna were open to a new thing. They were open to seeing God in maybe a new way. Simeon and Anna, I like to call them recognizers. They're paying attention. They're ready to see what God is doing. And their response is that they can't help but tell other people these stories. They can't help but tell of God's working and God's movement. And they can't help but call forth when they see God's hand in the life of someone else, like Mary and Joseph that day. And really, as a church, as a faith community, we need people who are paying attention. We need the Simeons and the Annas. They're the wisdom givers. They're the story holders of God's promises. We, as followers, followers of Christ and as a church family, as a church community, should and can be soul communities for each other, where we're all needed. God is doing God things, and it includes all of us. It includes everyone. Just as we need the Simeons and Annas, we need the other people in this story, too. We need the scared young parents, like Mary and Joseph, who trusted God even though they, were, they had to have been terrified. They were willing to face shame and scandal, judgment of others, because, let's face it, they knew they were carrying the Christ child, but to everyone else, it looked like an out-of-wedlock baby coming to a poor peasant couple. That's scandalous. But they were willing to listen they were willing to trust God, and they listened to what wisdom and comfort comes from Simeon and Anna in the temple that day. Each of these people trusted that what, life was more than what they were seeing. There was more happening than what they knew. They trusted that they were part of a bigger plan, even if they didn't get it or fully understand it. I just get this picture, this day at the temple, it just really gives me a beautiful picture of, of what the church, Big C, is. It's faithful people coming together for soul care. It's young and old journeying beside each other, paying attention to what is needed. Simeon and Anna see a new thing being done through Jesus, and they hold and support Mary and Joseph through it. So my prayer this morning is that you find yourself somewhere in this story. As we are getting ready to move into a new year, maybe there are snippets you can take from the various people in this story that can impact how you do life going forward. Maybe you're an Anna or a Simeon, and you are tethered to and trusting God and watching for God's movement. 
Where's God moving? Where do you need to pay attention? Where may you need to call out and say, this is God's moving to someone else? Maybe you want to be disconnected to God. Maybe you want to be like a Simeon and Anna, that you would recognize God's movement if it came right here. There's no mistake that in the three verses we have about Anna today, we have that she was in the temple worshiping, that she was fasting, and that she was praying. That's no mistake. Maybe in the new year, you need to be paying attention to your own personal faith disciplines, your Bible study, your prayer. God doesn't force us to notice him. He's always working around us. And faithful disciplines like reading and praying and meditating on God's word and being still and silent before him are ways to train our eyes to see and notice God around us. So maybe that's where you find yourself this morning, needing to pay attention. Maybe you're like some of the unnamed people in this story, the people that did take care of Anna. You're taking care of others. We don't talk much about, as I mentioned earlier, Anna lived in the temple. Someone had to take care of her. Someone had to feed her, help her stay warm. If you are a caretaker of another person, you are probably really tired and wish that something was different. Or maybe you see yourself as Anna, and other people are taking care of you, and that makes you feel like a burden. What I want us to see is that whether we're the one helping or the one being helped, we see from this story that God's story involves both. God's story involves all. Churches need all these parts. Faith communities need all these parts to be communities that are full and meaningful, as full and meaningful as they were intended to be. We need to be open, like Simeon and Anna, to God's movement and where it calls us. Openness to God doing what God has always done, which is move in a direction, move for the good of his kingdom and for the good of his people. But we need openness, like Simeon and Anna, to look for it in ways that we might not expect it. Guys, that is living in hope. That's what it means to live in hope, to live in a faithful way, expecting God to keep his promises, not because we can see it, but because we know from the bottom of our bones that it's true. That's living in the fulfillment of one advent and waiting for the promised return, the second advent. Simeon and Anna, they were ready to see God move. They were watching they were expecting it. And as we move into the new year, my prayer is that it would be that way for us too. 